0: Hey guys, welcome into the Capella Athletics Podcast. My name is Johnny Holston, uh, one of the founders and co-hosts here at the Capella Athletics Podcast. Uh, Thanks for tuning in to this latest episode featuring USA champ in the indoor, mile, and outdoor 1500 this year, Craig Angles. This is the second time that we've had Craig on the podcast, and I think this this episode was just as exciting as the first. Um, uh, Yeah... I think um, a lot of listeners will really enjoy what Craig has to say as he kind of offers his his you know his first person person view on um, taking down Matt Centrowitz, winning in front of his family, um, his buddy handing him a can of beer at the finish line, all sorts of crazy things that happened um, in uh, this year's USA Championships. Uh, a couple things before we get going on the interview. First and foremost, uh, we, I always want to do this first because um, this this is really important to me. But I want you guys to all go check out thestridereport.com. Um, the stride report is exploding right now. They are they are easily um, one of the hottest uh, outlets right now for NCAA cross country and track uh, media. They they're doing an awesome job right now creating all their preseason rankings, and I'm starting to see more and more every week a college cross country. Uh, teams and NCAA schools are starting to use the Stride Report rankings um, as their their actual rankings. You know, I just saw the other day it was a it was a big time program had just tweeted a uh, breaking Stride Report. You know, ranked us as number six preseason in the country. Whatever the specific tweet was, um, but you you were starting to see that more and more. So, um, I I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't long until. Um, the Stride Report has a straight-up monopoly on NCAA cross country and track coverage. Uh, those guys are those guys are doing a great job. So you can listen to all of our past episodes and this one on thestridereport.com. If you're not already there right now, I would suggest you head on over there, finish this episode on thestridereport.com, and then while you're there, browse the rest of the website. It's really cool. One last thing uh, before we get into the interview with Craig. I want to kind of put some feelers out there, guys. I, I uh, want to offer more on kind of my personal story as this podcast uh, founder and then also what I'm doing personally to kind of uh, further myself in this sport and um, some other things that I'm working on right now. I'm going to wait and share those details another day, but I just want to pose this question to you guys before I move forward. How many of you listeners would be interested in an episode where we talk about how professional distance runners uh, may, and track athletes in general make their money and how they earn it whether it's contracts appearance fees um, performance bonuses uh, reduction clauses we could talk about all sorts of things so uh, if that interests you I want you to uh, let me know send me a message and, and say that you like that idea um, also if you're listening to this episode when it's hot off the press you can head over to our Instagram page and vote on the poll I asked the same question on our Instagram story go ahead and vote yes or no on that episode if you know however you feel Uh, So yeah, guys, I think we're looking to kind of explore into doing some more cool topics, not purely interviews, although we'll keep that coming because uh, there's nothing better than sitting down with a quality guest and really learning all about them uh, and and hearing their story. Now, as we head on to our interview uh, in this episode, um, you know, Craig's an open book. I think everyone kind of knows Craig Engels really well. But one thing that I want to point out is that there's something I don't think he gets enough credit for and I don't think he gets enough credit for wanting to win really badly. I think a lot of the time, Craig is kind of painted uh, in the picture of he's a he's a fun guy, he's a goofball, he, he drives an RV and he has a mullet and a mustache, and while all those things are true, um, I think there's something he doesn't get enough credit for, and that is the desire to win. Craig wants to win very badly, and he's willing to do just about anything to win, it, it seems. And he, he's the guy that uh, he was watching the last like 10 years of the 1500 meter final at USA's to prepare for this year's 1500 meter final. Uh, he watched all the races that Matt Centrowitz got beat in leading into it. He wanted to learn how he could be the guy to beat Matt Centrowitz this year. He watched um, all the Blankenship races and everyone that he thought might have a chance to compete with him at USA's. Um, and I want to give him mad props for wanting that uh, and and having that desire to win, and I think sometimes Craig doesn't get enough credit for that. So this is a guy who wants it badly, and he wants to win, and he wants to do very well in Doha at the World Championships this fall. So go ahead, listen to this episode, send me a message or comment on our Instagram, kind of what is something you took away from this episode, share it with your uh, friend that's a Craig Engels fan, and as always, keep telling your friends about Capella Athletics because we love your sport and appreciate it, and uh, we want to keep the good stuff coming. So thank you guys, please enjoy enjoy this episode, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you next time. Craig, the man, the myth, the legend, Angles. Thanks so much for joining us, man, and congratulations on the U.S. title. Yeah,
1: bro. Thanks for having me on again. So to be on Capitol
0: Athletics again. It's uh, it's been a little while since you uh, since you came on. But Bef- before we get into the sh- the episode, we want to give a quick shout out to our friend uh, Charlie Menzel. He just won a state title in track uh, bike racing. It looks like. Um, Track cycling state champ in the 500, so add boy Charlie. Keep up the good work, man. Um, yeah. Yeah,
1: Charlie, that's that's awesome, bro. Congrats on the state title. Huge. <laughs> Keep it up.
0: Right on, and and Charlie, if, if you can win, uh, if you if you win USA's in the 1500, like Craig, you you'll come on the podcast. All right, that's our deal. <laughs>
2: <laughs> cool. Um, He'll
1: do it, man. I bet Charlie does it. He oh, will. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That'll get him. <laughs> So uh, we wanted to start off this this episode with our most important question, and uh, I think I think you know where we're going with this. Um, how did you end up on the track with Antonio Brown wearing an Oregon Project singlet <laughs> and racing? And was it hundred meters or sixty or what was that?
1: I had no idea what you're gonna ask. You this- <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to
2: throw a curveball.
1: This could go a lot of directions. Uh, you know, Antonio Brown's like the biggest Oregon Project fan out there. It's pretty cool. No way. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> 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 no, so uh, Alex Salazar, he's in. Alberto's son. He's, Alberto he's uh, kind of in charge of the group. His brother actually works um, in the NFL department at Nike, so Antonio Brown wanted to do a track workout, and uh, Tony Salazar, it was like, oh, I'll get you a bunch of shoes and clothes uh, in case there's any photos, and Ended up just getting an Oregon Project bag from uh, Alex's garage and and him a brown shirt. He has no idea what he's wearing. He just wearing, like, as far as he knows, he ran like, something that's like badass. He's like, yeah, yeah, I have a skull on my shirt. <laughs> uh-huh. So I, I walk up to him and I'm like, Yo, man, I, I run for that thing on your shirt. He's like, No way. You want to race? And I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> 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 so we raced like a 40 yard dash. I wasn't warmed up. I was in. I guess he's 35, and he
0: blew me out of water. I don't know, man. Posted that that kind of sounds like an, an excuse. Yeah, a, I
1: have a lot of excuses for that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> I told him he needs to see me in a, in a 1500.
2: <laughs> he's probably a little scared after after USA's now.
0: <laughs> well, he's got to have the right
2: helmet now, oh, right? Are, are you are. are you hearing that all that news, Craig?
1: Oh yeah, he has got like frost. He's got a yeah, frostbite, frostbite. On his foot or something
0: from Kyon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's got, and it's funny because you know the whole idea of the Madden curse, like the the whole Madden curse idea is like when you're on the Madden cover, you're gonna have a bad year the next year. And last year he was on the Madden cover, and one of the like co-developers of the game was like frostbite, like frostbite, like animations or something. So someone was like, oh, oh, the Madden curse is is real for Antonio Brown. So. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. A <laughs> little, little too spooky. But okay, let's uh, let's get to the the really important stuff. Um, what have you been doing in the RV these days, man?
1: <laughs> uh, well, since USA's, I've only gone on one or two little trips, just weekend trips. But uh, actually, after right after I left you guys last time, I was uh, I drove from Phoenix back up to Portland, the longest route ever. I blew. Maybe like seven tires on the way up. Um, met some really cool people and had a great time with like Sam Parsons, Ryan Menahan, Rob Ford. It was like one of the best trips of my life, but <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this off-season to go on a few more trips
2: like that. Do you have any, any plans on where you want to go?
1: Um, well, right now, we're uh, so me and Sam Parsons were talking about after the World Championships in Delha, we were talking about flying to. Croatia, and then directly from Croatia to Seattle and do, uh, my roommates would meet me up there with my RV and we'd do a road trip to this, like, Bavarian town for Oktoberfest. So all day today I was just looking at flights, like, to and from, like, Croatia and Seattle and stuff, but, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to the off-season. I'm also looking forward to racing the World Championships, but... (laughs) Right, right, of course, (laughs) of course. The fun comes out, (laughs)
0: Right. Uh, so congrats on your U.S. title, on, on both of your U.S. titles since you were on the podcast last. Um, I think it was, you were maybe a month out from indoors last time you came on and it was in person here in Phoenix. We had a good time uh, with that podcast and you've, you've had a lot of fun and success since then on the track. So um, obviously, like, like I said, congrats on all of that and uh, we're excited to kind of hear, hear from you. How how the year unfolded for you, and you you've set three PRs this season. Um, kind of talk about that about the season as a whole. In between your indoor mile title and then outdoor USA's, what what went on in between then that kind of got you on a good trajectory?
1: Mm, yeah. yeah, You you've had a few changes too in the past couple of months. You uh, you're doing you're doing really well. Thanks, but, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, I appreciate. Guess, it. I guess, <laughs> I guess since uh, since I saw you last night, it's just been awesome. Like We got some really good training in this winter in Phoenix. Um, it's, it's like 80 degrees every day, and perfect training. Uh, won my first U.S. title indoors, um, then got right back to work. Well, I had a bad race after that, actually, and then, then got right back to work and um, just had the best block of training ever this outdoor, and I'm like, I was the fittest I've ever been and is that PR and in the 1500 the mile the 800 uh, and then winning another US title. So, I mean it was just super productive uh, summer I guess, but
0: So, in between in between your indoor title and your outdoor title, did you take any time off after indoors? I'm assuming you took maybe a bit of a chunk off just due to the late world's uh, date. How how did that work for you? Have you I mean surely you haven't been training round stop round the clock since since January, right? Did you take a break at some point?
1: Oh, yeah. you got to take that time off. Uh, both physically and mentally, you have to take a break. Um, and, yeah, I actually had my RV parked in Phoenix, so I flew back to Phoenix and just drove for two weeks uh, running. I just ran whenever I wanted. Like, if I was in a cool spot or my buddy had a run, I would just run. Um, but, you know, it's, it's mo- the break is way more so about the mental side of it than the physical. And it was so necessary right after indoors because we uh, we didn't run world until October, and that was the main goal was to make
0: that. So what is your, what you decided not to run Pan Am, so just talk about that decision a little bit and how that unfolded with the training and racing you want to do in between USA and Worlds.
1: Yeah, I actually really wanted to run Pan Am, but it was definitely a, a coaching decision. He didn't want me to, me or, me or Donovan to get sick um, in Peru. Like he, he just didn't want us to risk getting sick for our training block and everything for Worlds. And uh, I guess Donovan, he's already in the Diamond League final, so I don't know if the timing would have worked for him. Uh, I mean, I really, really wanted to go to Peru. It would have been so cool, but unfortunately, uh, the coaches made. It, I, I guess they made a good decision, or well, we'll see. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so we've just been we've just been doing a little bit of light training after USA's, and this week we got really back to work and uh, hit a couple like a couple of my best workouts I've ever done in my life. So I'm super stoked for uh, World Championships now.
2: So talk to us a little bit about those about those workouts. What are they like? Are you killing some some speed stuff or what has it been? <laughs>
1: no, we went straight back to strength. Um, my coach Pete Julian actually hates me telling people my workouts, but. I don't care, I trust you guys. <laughs> um, yeah, we did a, I did a five-mile tempo in 24 minutes. It was like 24 With 6. The last mile, we had 441, so I was super stoked about that, because last year, I couldn't even do a four-mile tempo at five-minute pace. Um, wow. And then, it, it, the other day, we hit one that was 800, 600, 400, 200 times three, uh, and I got to do that with Donovan, so we both, like, pushed each other on the strength and speed, and, it was like such a good workout. We flowed together so well.
0: Are you are you able to keep up with Coco yet?
1: Absolutely not.
0: Coco <laughs> <But laughs> is a
1: beast, man. She is so good. <laughs>
0: yeah, she's on fire. So, twenty-four minutes for for a five-mile tempo. What kind of a? You weren't. Were you ever all American in cross country in college?
1: No, we uh, the Ole Miss team got forced overall. Um, and I was our fifth guy in ninetieth place. Uh, but I mean, like, I don't know. I I, I was never mentally in it for a ten k <laughs> on grass. But now now that we're doing way more strength, I would actually love to go back in time and be like, tell myself, just man up and run for the team, you know?
2: <laughs> so we'll maybe we'll see you on a on a road ten k soon. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, USA in, cross in, <laughs> the semi- in the streets of Croatia. <laughs> yeah,
1: you'll see me on a live scooter.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> so, um, are you going to be doing any racing um, in between now and World Championships?
1: Yeah, uh, so I'm leaving Thursday for Birmingham Dynamite League in the United Kingdom. And then there's another USA meet, it's called The Match, it's USA versus Europe, um, and that's in Belarus. So I'm actually like, pretty excited to see, uh, I guess it used to be part of Russia, I don't really know the history, but it'll be cool to go over that part of the world that rarely traveled.
2: It's just a USA versus the World type meet, or USA versus Europe meet?
1: Yeah, it's called The Match, but USA versus Europe. So um, I'll be doing that and bringing in Diamond League. And there's a very small chance that I get into the Diamond League final, um, but that would be cool too.
0: <laughs> yeah, that would be cool. You can join join Donovan.
1: Yeah, Donovan and Clayton.
0: Oh right, yeah, exactly. So okay, so talk about that a little bit with the 800. Talk about talk about the the finishes for for Craig and Donovan, and then um, how, what is that like to watch your teammate succeed? And then um, obviously Bryce Hopple running really well too in that race.
1: Yeah, talking about this week, you may see that next year. We'll see at the trial. Hey. Um, we may do it, but, yeah, I mean, there was no doubt in my mind after I raced Bryce that Donovan's going to crush him. And I felt bad, but it was, like, <laughs> Donovan's so much faster than me, and, like, he ran a 337, which was four seconds faster than I thought he was. But I, I, I don't know. I, as soon as I finished racing Bryce, Donovan's like, so what, what's, uh, what's the, like, like, how's the, how do I beat him? And I'm like, I oh, don't you just run. You can run any way you want and beat him. <laughs> <laughs> and it's no knock to Bryce, it's just like the Donovan's back, bit, you know?
2: Yeah, you guys had a great duel. You and Bryce had a great duel in, in that 800 a few weeks um, before USA's.
1: Yeah, I'm getting a lot of slack from that. People are like, Bryce Topple takes out loaded field, and, and I looked back <laughs> at the field and it was literally all 1,500 runners in Bryce.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Craig, the same the people that make headlines like that are the same ones that make, make T shirts of college kids and make money off them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, but that that's uh, I, I think you're right. Donovan is on an on an insane level right now. Clayton Clayton right there as well. Um, and and I I would like to say that you're there in your own right on on a level of your own. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> on, on our last episode and, and i i forget what month it was february march or something like that um when you were out here you we talked a little bit about centro and and that whole switch because he had just switched to bowerman at that point and although it was in a joking fashion you said you know he, he went to our sworn enemy and once he puts on the red you know who knows what's going to happen and outdoors and all that stuff and while it was all in yeah. in good fun um Really though, how does it feel to take down? And it's not you versus Matt Centrowitz. It's just how does it feel as Craig Angles to be an Olympic champion? Uh, you know, in uh, in the USA Championships, and what does that? How does that make you feel? It's not to make it into some rivalry. It's not, but just was there a sense of satisfaction in that once it was it was done?
1: I mean, dude, it's surreal. He, I've looked up to him since I started running, and uh, to beat him, I mean, he's medaled at world championships and Olympics and all that, and now to beat him, I'm like, "I, I maybe I can win the Olympics, you know, like, um, I don't know if he was at his full form or whatever, there was all there was all these interviews and posts and headlines that he wasn't at his full form, but, I mean, <laughs> it just, it's, it feels so surreal to beat the Olympic champion, and uh, hopefully we can get this like rivalry. Hopefully next year he's in his full form, so that no one can question if I if I do beat him, no one can question anything, you know. And, and I, I I want to race everyone at their peak, and want to be as competitive as possible. And that um, it took away a little bit that people were saying he wasn't in his full form, but he actually ran into him after, and he's like, "Hey man, I just want you to know that um, I was." Fully fit, and I've been training for months. And uh, you beat me, Training Square, and I was like, I was like, hey, thanks for saying that, man.
0: <laughs> wow, that that speaks a lot to the type of guy Centro is. I think like we can see him as kind of a goofball um, on social media and all that stuff. But that that's that's pretty cool that he would he would go out of his way to make that known to you and make sure you didn't feel less than based on that you know the points that others were making.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. Kind of got in my head a little bit. I'm like, huh, why, why
0: is he being so nice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll find out in October. Yeah. So, like you said, a couple of races coming up. Uh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do from now, uh, in between now and, and Worlds, off the track to kind of keep things loose, not have too much fun, not get too serious, because uh, you do have quite a bit of time until Worlds. You know, it's not it's not three weeks away. It's it's a little longer than that.
1: Yeah, it's still pretty far away, but uh, we're actually, my buddy's getting married. So right after Birmingham, I'm flying back to Nashville. My buddy's getting married, and we're doing like a week-long bachelor party for him, and um, (laughs) that'll be super fun. And and then, from then on, it's a month till Worlds, and gotta get super serious. We're gonna go to St. Moritz in in Switzerland, and the whole team's gonna be there, and just get fit, you know, just get ready to win medals.
0: last year was kind of a tough year for you and you you said you really struggled training at altitude last year you couldn't quite find your groove uh, flash forward a year later you're two-time US champ you've been you've been able to consistently train much much better than you did last year what 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 was the difference maker that you made maybe asides from besides the altitude uh, camp that you cut out this year what what was a change that you made was there something you did mentally or, or physically or, or uh, you know, another thing going on in your life that kind of helped you overcome a tough year last year.
1: Yeah, I broke up with my girlfriend. I was <laughs> 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 oh, kidding. You can take that out. <laughs> no. Can we leave it in? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, you can leave that in. Right. But, uh, I don't know. I, I was super stressed last year, and there's so much going on, and um, I don't really know. But this year, I just I got to stay in Portland. There was no stress about altitude or Having to like race 24 hours after you come down, and it was just there was no thinking. I got to stay in Portland with my friends and be happy, go on vacations, and uh, I had no one else. I had no one else dependent on me. It's just like so easy, and we had consistent training, consistent lifting, consistent weather. Um, It was just so much better. And Phoenix started all that off right. Like we had good weather for three months indoors when everyone else is training in snow or negative temperatures uh, so it was just a good start to the year and then the, the confidence has been rolling since then and um i'm back to where i like keep comp- i've never been this confident in my my fitness my coaches my training and everything so um it, it's all just been a, a ball that's been rolling and, and a 10-man elite let us say keep the ball rolling but uh, i guess we've been doing that this year at, at the Oregon project too
0: <laughs> right on yeah man well hey uh girlfriends or, or whatever makes the difference. I mean, it, it made a difference. So, um, you know, w- whatever it is, it, it, it puts you in a good position. Um, I want to now, like you said, Centro pulled you aside and kind of said, hey, man, that was fair and square. You did a good job. Um, what's Who is somebody that you want to kind of pull aside publicly over this podcast and, and kind of uh, – I don't know, congratulate them on a job well done or who's somebody that you thought performed really well. Maybe it's an immense 1500 finalist. Maybe it's somebody else in a different event. Maybe somebody else that you've seen in the American distance running scene that had a really good year that you'd like to kind of give some props to.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, in the 400, it was Fred Curley, man. Everyone Mm -hmm. was talking about Michael Norman. Everyone was hyping him up and Fred Curley went out there and crushed him. Um, I absolutely love that. That was it's like that's how you do it, you know. You just go out, everyone's talking about someone else, and you beat them. Um, but I well, guess- you don't know what that's like, do you? <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Sorry, that's enough.
1: <in> a... <laughs> no, no, you're good, dude, you're good. But uh, for the fifteen hundred, I guess Josh Thompson. Then he uh, he started his year off super rough doing a steeple, and I know he had a kid, so he was probably stressed and 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 whatnot. But he ended up. Um, getting third, man, it was it was awesome. He closed the fastest of anyone and he just ended his season like super well and I was I was very impressed by that.
2: Yeah, I'm sure that was great to see, especially you guys you guys had a lot of a lot of duels back in college, um almost and, and against Oklahoma State. That was cool to see then and it was really cool to see um, both of you guys now in the pro scene doing the same thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah I mean he's to me he's so talented.
2: The
0: dude started running like four years ago or something. Let's uh. So let's. Gotta, oh, go ahead, man. You you got to get him on this
1: um, uh, on this
2: podcast. I so I actually raced against him uh, in junior college, and it was crazy because oh, no yeah, because I was I mean I wasn't very good, and um, I mean he was beating me, but he wasn't like blowing me out of the water. And then all of a sudden he's just a stud. It was so cool to see, um, especially just because. It was just so cool racing against him, and then he's at NCAAs, yeah. and now at third at USAs. It's just been awesome.
1: I know, man. It's, it's crazy, his progression.
2: On the on the note of Josh Thompson,
0: and it's it's kind of a question we didn't... We had we had Woody Kincaid on the podcast last, and uh, I feel like his story is kind of like beating a, a, a horse to death with the whole standard and the Paul Chalimo stuff and all of that. So I... We, we, we left him alone with this question, but it's, it's a question I want to ask you, um, and it applies to Josh Thompson as well. It's somebody who ran very well at USA's top three, podium finish, doesn't have the standard, and USATF oh. won't won't allow athletes to chase, and you've got months from now until worse. I mean, how does that make any sense? Yeah, man, that's a tough
1: one. First off, ode to Woody, man. I freaking love that guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's a beast. Dude. His, his race, was, his race at USA was awesome, and he's, I think he's run sub thirteen ten. But that dude's awesome. Uh, but on the note of the standards, I mean, everyone went in knowing that you can't chase the standards, and that actually took a lot of stress off of the guys with the standard. Uh, but it kind of sucks because you—I mean—you have to get fit really early in the season. It's, it's, it was—it was—it was weird, but. Um, it does suck for guys like Josh Thompson and Woody, and um, I think there's one more in the 5K. Lopet's been having the 5K. Yeah, yeah. Yep. But, but, I mean, they went in knowing, and they could have chased it this indoor season or last year or, or even outdoors. But it does, it still does suck. Um, I guess they just wanted. It's so much easier to, to like book travel, like because if uh, say the they've been Still right now wouldn't know if he's going to Doha and his family would be able to book travel and I'm sure there's few instances like that but uh, yeah. I don't know yeah. I, I mean it's a tough one but i I, I really appreciate that they closed the straight before
0: <laughs> yeah and I think uh it is funky with this this system like if if Paul chalimo wins the Diamond League final then Ben true can go to worlds in the 5k and
1: he, yeah he, similar in the 800 actually if Donovan wins brain and Kidder go
0: Oh yeah! See, there you go. I guess any—I guess that really applies to anybody in a, and it, I guess it could happen in the fifteen if you get in and win. In theory, whoever's the next person um, gets another bid. So, how do you feel about this system? I think at first I really started—I didn't like it at first, but now I'm starting to find ways to maybe like it a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it definitely benefits the countries with that. So, Ethiopia, Kenya, America, uh, even Great Britain. Like, but I mean, it's so hard to win that Diamond League final. Yeah. And it, it's even hard. it's harder for Americans to get into diamond leagues. Like Central is basically the only fifteen hundred guy that gets in the diamond leagues. Um, but it's just all it's just all Africans and, and Europeans, the people that um, don't have to train for their uh, championships, you know. But it's still cool and, and the reigning world champion gets to go, well, so that's why Emma Coburn got Ali Owen, which is awesome. Right. True.
0: True, true. Um you, you mentioned last time you were on the podcast that your your parents don't make it out to see you race too often and one time when they went to watch you it was at the 2016 trials and that was really exciting for you they were at USA's um and and we saw that picture of you you embracing your mom and um what, what does that mean for you to run run and perform well in front of your parents obviously it, it's probably a great feeling but kind of put it in your own words uh how it feels to perform well in front of your parents
1: yeah, it was, uh, it was amazing. <clears throat> it was my my mom, my dad, my grandma, my other two grandparents and my uncle were all there. And I uh, actually shared an Airbnb with them, because oh. at, at meets you don't really get to see your family much unless you're staying with them. Uh, <laughs> so it was kind of weird, but kind of fun. My mom was like, obviously, like, trying to plan my life out and make dentist appointments. And I'm like, okay, well, I have a race in <laughs> 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 But But uh, it, it was good. And, I mean, for for two weeks before, all I could imagine was crossing the finish line and running straight over to them and just hugging them. And that's literally what happened. And there's not many times in life where you can see the future, but I, I don't know. It's cool. I to, and and my mom had made these shirts with my face on them, and it was, <laughs> they were so stupid, but she's, uh I don't know. My, and my dad is crying.
0: Hmm. <laughs> Dang, man. That's
1: it was cool. a it was really good family moment, yeah.
0: That's a uh, that's that's exciting, um, and and I'm sure that's going to be a memory that'll stick with you and you know, uh, the whole family for a while now.
1: Yeah, that and my buddy throwing me a Bud Light. Yes. Okay,
2: that's what we got to ask good you next. Good transition. Yeah, thanks thanks for that segue. <clears throat> so um, we have a fan question here uh, from Blake Bennett uh, from Alaska, and his question is Bud Light or Budweiser. Budweiser, dude. Budweiser. Oh man, they shouldn't have thrown you that Bud Light.
1: I know, I know, but I think that the choices were limited in uh, Drake Stadium. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, like limited to
0: whatever you could smuggle in your backpack.
1: <laughs> yeah. So well, I mean, I'm working on a Budweiser sponsorship, so we'll
0: see. Good man. Well, yeah, they better they better pay up. Uh I got so we have it we do have another we have a couple fan fan questions here if you don't mind us uh throwing them at you real quick before we let you go.
1: Oh, this is amazing. This is what I love.
0: Alright, so first one is uh most favorite and least favorite uh professional distance runner. No, I'm just kidding. Um Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 uh, most favorite and least... This is from Derek Rubis, the man, uh, the hub of distance running. Uh, and he, Yes. Favorite and least favorite thing about being a pro distance runner?
1: Man, favorite thing about being a distance runner is uh, just seeing the world, man. You get to travel all these places and meet all these people. Couldn't um, ask for a better lifestyle. And then I guess the least favorite thing is... Um, I guess having to watch what I eat and drink. <laughs> <laughs> I see all my normal friends are getting to do whatever they want and stay out as late as they want and I'm like, all right, I got to be smart, got to keep the bite right.
2: Yeah, FOMO there, for sure. <laughs> um, so, so we have another question from Garen Arnold. Um, so I'll just read his whole message. He said, hey, Craig, this is Garen, the guy from Insta that got the mullet during the 4th of July. <laughs> uh, hope you're doing well. My question is, how many times a week do you go to the gym for strength training?
1: Huh. Um, that's good. Yeah, yeah. We, we usually do twice a week for strength training uh, after hard workout days.
2: Okay. And then he – Wait, so
1: hold on. That guy, has, that guy had him mullet. Yeah, what, well, I'm trying to – s-
0: I'm going to send you this, the, the picture right now because he sent us a <laughs> picture of himself and said, here's a picture so – To jog can... his
2: memory. Yeah, yeah. So I just we'll sent have to that.
1: post it on the Instagram.
2: What's
0: that?
1: You'll have to post it on the Instagram so it can go with this segment. <laughs> yeah, well, hey, we'll, we'll do it. <laughs> I just, oh yes, this guy. I remember, it. dude. That's a good mullet. We need, <laughs> we need the fans to see this.
0: Yeah, that's good stuff. That's a. We'll uh, we'll find a way to to incorporate that into this, the social medias. So, um, let's see. We had one more. Oh yeah, what's the? What's your? Uh, this one is from uh, Jacob. Uh, Jacob Marshall he wants to know what's your what's that yeah this is from yeah Jacob, Jacob Ingebrigtsen yeah he, he said uh, looking forward to seeing you in uh, Doha no just kidding he's um, like
1: how do I pull off a speed suit right <laughs> yeah true.
0: he said how do I grow facial hair um, no he's, he's, uh, so this is Jacob Marshall a different Jacob probably almost okay, as fast Jacob Marshall. and he says uh, what's your what's the favorite workout you've done Maybe not best, but what's your favorite workout?
1: Man, I, I love the workouts that hurt. Um, the ones that you're in the middle of it, you're like, you're halfway through, and you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it. And then you do, and afterwards, you're just like sitting there like, oh, I am fit. Uh, and I think that, that it's, it's, done, it's my least favorite workout, but it's my favorite because of the way it makes you feel after, but it's eight by 800. Uh, from two o five down to two flat.
0: Man, that does sound brutal. Yeah, yeah that sounds like that might hurt. <laughs>
1: it's brutal, but luckily I had uh, Eric Jenkins there to, to drag me through that one. He was pulling me along, man. And...
0: How is how how is Jenkins doing? What what is he up to these days?
1: Jenkins, you guys got to get him on here. He is literally the funniest we've, guy. We've we've tried, tried, man.
0: He he, we like had it set up like three different times, and he kept like not responding. I don't know. Well I'll talk I'll talk to you about it afterwards when we hang up. When we stop recording. But we're we're working on it. We'd love to get him on for sure.
1: Yeah, he's doing great. He uh unfortunately he got a little banged up right before USA's and couldn't compete, but man, I was watching that race and he would have been right there, man. He would have I don't know, he would have been right there with Chiro and Lopez, but um, unfortunately we'll have to wait till um, indoors to see him race again.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But he uh yeah, he's back in New Hampshire, and he's thinking about moving back
0: out to Portland. But I oh, love okay. that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Last question for me, and then I don't. We'll, Daniel, you you can if you think of anything, bring it up here. Um. Yeah. Can you give us any idea on, on some possible uh, NOP rookies that we might see coming up here soon? Um. <laughs> you gonna break any news on the show? Come on, man. The
1: ones that I want on the team. Sure. Um. <laughs> yeah. Well, there, there's a few people that just went, that just obviously went pro, like Bryce Hopple and Sinclair and then Taryn Rawlings from University of Portland. Um, but I mean, it's all up to Pete. Like, I, I think we're good on the guy's side for the 800. And maybe we just need another five characters, 800 guy. Um, but we're in no rush to sign anyone. I, I think the girls, Poco and Jeff Hall, want a training partner. And I think either Sinclair, uh, from Oklahoma State, or or uh, Karen Rawlings would be a great fit, but who, who knows, yeah, we'll see what Pete's thinking about, uh, Pete and Albertos think about signing. Yeah. Alright, well Craig. I, uh, yeah, otherwise I think we'd love to have Bryce Hopple, but we'd, you can't have four guys competing for three spots on the U- a US team, but who knows, we'll see.
2: We'll see yeah, what that that with the group thinks. Yeah, I guess that doesn't add up if you want. Right. Four guys. you got to <laughs> win the Diamond League final. Yeah. Somebody's got to. <laughs> yeah. Alright Craig, well we really appreciate you coming on again. It was great to talk to you again and, and just recap um, everything that's happened since we talked to you last. Um, again, congratulations and we're looking forward to, to Worlds and, and what you do there and even beyond next year um, in 2020 for Tokyo.
1: Yeah man, hopefully I have a couple more medals or US titles or something next time I talk to you guys but I really appreciate you having me on and I uh, love talking
0: with you guys. Absolutely, same here, man. He's a he's a fan favorite. He's a man of the people. It's Craig Angles on the Capella Athletics podcast. Just a reminder: follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Capella Athletics on Instagram at Capella Podcast on Twitter at Craig Angles on uh, Instagram. If you want, to. oh, Craig Craigathor, no, yeah, it's Craig Craigathor. Um, <laughs> Daniel, Daniel, help me out with that one. So at Craigathor uh, to follow our, our our guest if you haven't already. Um, and don't forget you can listen to all our episodes, this one and past ones and future ones on the stridereport.com. Um, Garrett Zatlan, the, the founder over there at the Stride Report, does an awesome job covering men's and women's division one, two, and three, cross country and track. And like we said in our last episode, uh, it might be, uh, it might be the off season for distance running and, and NCAA cross country and track, but it's not the off season for the Stride Report as those guys are cranking out new content practically every day. Uh, get over to their website now to check out their uh, off season or their preseason rankings for D1 cross country, as well as uh, check out some of our past episodes. So thanks for listening, guys, and we will we'll see you next time on the next edition of the Capella Athletics Podcast.